Blog Talk Radio.
Oh, yeah, just a little bit of the icon, as well as Freak Parade and all the other songs on Utopia's first CD. That's Todd Runger's Utopia, by the way. I know the listeners are familiar. I would think so anyway. <laughs> Cruiser Mel, what did you think about that intro? It was very good. I kind of wanted it to keep on going. <laughs> I knew you had said it was four minutes long, and I was like, when's it going to keep going? And then it's already been four minutes. There you go. The icon, of course, a 30-minute, 22-second song. You got Utopia theme, Freak Parade, Freedom Fighters. We don't know if that'll be on the set list or not, but we're going to try to find out what we can when we talk to at least three, maybe four of the band members tonight. Good. I'm sure they're trying to figure out what they're going to do exactly. If you haven't heard the big news, there is a Utopia Mark II reunion, which will be in New York City, January the 29th, 2011, at the Highline Ballroom, and that will be with Mr. Rundgren. That is Todd Rundgren from the name RundgrenRadio.com. Good <laughs> <laughs> cover there. There you, you go. You want to tell people how they can get tickets and what the whole dealio is on that? Sure. We're going to be talking about it for two hours, hopefully. The guys will be calling in in about uh, 26 minutes or so. We're going to have them all on at the same time. we got John Siegler, Ralph Shuckett, and Kevin Elman. So if let's just kind of get everybody up to speed on this deal. This is a one-time deal, one gig only. Highline Ballroom is 700 capacity. We'll talk about the venue here in a minute. Utopia Mark II, if you don't know, the reason we call it that, it basically was a title that happened in Billy James' book, A Dream Goes On Forever, where he broke down the different Utopia versions. The first Hmm. version would be Hunt and Tony Sales, Frog, and um, Todd, and Dave Mason. And then this is Mark II, which is this exact group minus Frog LeBlanc. And then later Roger joined, and then you know the rest of the story. It gets mixed up, and then finally we ended up with the fabulous foursome. This group is very prog rock. This album that they did, Todd Runger's Utopia, considered to be a classic prog rock album. These guys are getting together, first time in decades probably since 1974, maybe 73. And we're going to talk about whether or not they still play or not. I think all the guys do. They've all been guests on the show before. So if you want to get tickets, as Cruiser Mail has alluded to, they are available now on TicketWeb.com. You can also get there through Ticketmaster. But you need to get those immediately because this probably will be a sellout. I'll be floored if it's not with 700 packs. Didn't you you say it sold 100 tickets, like, almost immediately? Yes, this is not a Rungan Radio event, in case you're wondering. We're just going to help promote it, as always, as far as the uh, pimping part goes. And we've helped Moogie with some things. But it's we don't have the numbers on how many tickets have sold, but we do know that the first 100 were $35, and the tickets are now $40. And that happened yesterday when they went on sale. So immediately, pretty much 100 tickets were gone. So we don't know how many are gone yet. I know I've received a ton of email. People tell me they bought tickets. So I'm sure it's several hundred, and I would be nervous if I were you. If you were waiting, I would not do that. I would go immediately and listen to the archive. Go buy a ticket at TicketWeb.com. It's only 40 bucks, plus some fees that aren't Ticketmaster fees. They're they're TicketWeb, so it's a little bit better. And um, there are also some other opportunities. We'll talk about those when we get into the venue deal. TicketWeb.com, HighlineBallroom.com. If you want to check out the venue. I have a picture of what the setup will be like on my Facebook page, Rungren Radio Doug, and also on Todd Runger Connections Forum. 
and it's basically going to be, excuse me, a stand-up floor, and then there's tables on the sides as well as a bar, and then there's tables upstairs as well as a bar. I believe there's three bars total in there, two on the floor, one upstairs. The one upstairs is in the back. And the totals are the tables are a first-come, first-serve unless you reserve them, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But I'm going to try to take a breather, Chris. Have you got any other questions or concerns or something you want to mention? Well, I, if I ask you a question, then you're not going to have much of a chance to uh, take a breather. <laughs> but uh, well, I do have a question. <laughs> Thank you. I know you've been kind of uh, assisting quite a bit in this, even though, like you said, it's not an RR production. Uh, has there been any word? I know there's a whole lot of demand. But I don't know if there's been any kind of arrangements made to somehow videotape this, do a pay-per-view, something like that. Have you heard anything more from Chris or anyone? I have some information on that. Uh, I do know that Chris is interested. I do know that Eric Gardner, Todd's manager, is interested. The issue now is the venue, and um, they're talking to them about it now. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know, i, I got to be careful what I say, I guess, but just the bottom line to me is this venue has no idea what they're getting into. They have no idea what a big deal this is, I don't think. And they um, they haven't seen the likes of us, have they? No, and I think uh, there's a bunch of stuff coming at them at one time, and I think they're just kind of like trying to step back and go, okay, what in the hell is happening here? Because, you know, instant response on ticket sales, people emailing them about tables, people emailing them about, um, the video, you know, all these other things that have been going on, a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. But um, I, I know that the VOD is a desire of everybody that's important. The venue is the one that has to clear that, so we'll see what happens. Chris, right. actually, by the way, lives right over in that area. This is perfect for him, for Nevesa, who's done the other pay-per-views and VODs that we've seen. So, um you know, I give it a shot. How about that? Right, right. And right, I know so a bunch other... of people. Uh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, I know a whole bunch of people are planning on uh, not just watching the reunion, but having their own reunion of sorts uh, before the show, after the show. Um, what's the word on that, or is it just going to be kind of a stay tuned kind of thing? Um. Uh... Say again. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was in La La Land looking at some of the stuff in the chat room. I'm playing you today. Right. Um, uh, gatherings uh, before or after the the oh, gig. People I know together. people are yeah. planning on meeting up with their friends. Is there anything decided yet? Uh, no, but there. Well, there's actually um, Mark Colarossi and uh, James Van Wert put together a pre-show party. I think from 4:30 to 6 at the Brass Monkey. That funky monkey. Monkey. <laughs> Yeah, and then um, there's a hotel. Kathy Lee B's working on hotel group rate, and I got a good feeling it's probably going to end up being the Holiday Inn over there in Chelsea area. But uh, we're still trying to negotiate because there's you know well over 20 people that want rooms, and that creates an opportunity for the power to get a discount. So I would hold off if I were you. Tomorrow news should be out about that. And if you don't have um, Facebook connections with her or me or whatever, shoot me an email at Doug at RungrenRadio.com, and I'll be sure to keep you in the loop. Or sign up for our newsletter. We'll probably do that again. 
and just send the information out. But if everybody, I think everybody wants to kind of stay in the same hotel, fairly close to the venue. So that's going to work out if people want to do that. It's in the works. It just hasn't got um, resolved yet. So we got plenty of time, folks. I know everybody's eager. I am too. My main thing right now, you need to buy your ticket. That's the first thing you need to do. <laughs> You're going to get left out. You know, you might be right. You just might be right. Wouldn't that yep. be a terrible problem to have? That would be if you if you're if you're digging this thing because this really those 100 tickets sold basically off of you know Facebook because that was the only place that knew that that you know that's the only place it was announced that they went on sale until we sent an email out. But I think by the time we sent that out, they were already over 100, and uh, it's it's on fire. So you better you better get on it. Really, I'm not saying that it's got nothing to do with us. We're not doing this gig. I just don't want you to miss it if it's something you want to see. Once New Yorkers get in, you know, get out into this and Utopia fans, it's on. Prog rockers, you know, they had several hundred at the Blender. <coughs> the Iridium show sold out. It was 175 capacity, two shows. So Todd's popular there. Got to get on it. Speaking of Brass Monkey, though, cruise your mouth. Yeah. Let's put you on the spot, but I think it's a worthy story to tell. About the Beastie Boy cover band. Oh, <laughs> really? You want me to tell it? Sure. I think it's hilarious. I think it's a sad state of affairs for our youth in our country, but it's a good story. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, backing up, uh, you know, some time ago, Doug and I were we let you guys know we were trying to work on something for New Year's Eve here in Dallas, Texas. And we'd had a venue on hold for damn near close to a year, probably since February or so. And um, when push came to shove, I, I called the guy and said, you know, I don't know if you remember me, but we've got the place on hold. And I did kind of get kind of a feeling that he was acting like he knew who I was, <laughs> but didn't really. And he sort of hemmed and hawed, and he said, oh, well, you know, hadn't heard from you in a while, so we've started working on booking another band, but um, maybe it'll fall through. I, I, I just don't know. And he was all full of ums and uhs and stuff like that. So we conversed back and forth for a week or so, and then it came out that, yes, indeed, they had gone ahead and booked a band out from under us. So they took our date. So wasn't real happy about that. But now, of course, you guys got January to look forward to. So it's all okay However, finally the uh, local music publication came out last week, and I was thumbing through, and I, I went to the New Year's listings. And at this particular club, it's not the Beastie Boys, but it's a Beastie Boys <laughs> cover tribute band. And I had to kind of choke it back for a little bit. But, um, yeah, we got punked out by a Beastie Boys tribute band. That is pitiful. Yeah, two guys and a record player, you know? Hey, whatever it takes to sell, I guess, but that's pretty sad. Yeah. So I admit, I heard you want Todd Runger on the radio for New Year's today, Eve. So they're still out there. Yeah. Do you want Todd Runger for New Year's Eve or the Beastie Boys cover band? We'll take the cover band. <laughs> oh, now, now, come on. Now, they, I did go watch a couple of their videos on YouTube, and as far as Beastie Boys tribute bands goes, uh, they may be the only one I've ever seen, but they were probably the best one I've ever seen. (laughs) 
Ooh. All right. <laughs> so anyway, we'll try to do some Todd New Year's Eve action next year. Somebody will. That needs to come back. That was a blast. Yeah. All right, so let's get back to the Utopia thing. Let me tell you a little bit about the venue. A lot of people have been asking questions. Let's clarify the table situation. I am very well versed on this. So I was gonna. I tried to get the venue to call in about it, but the gal that I've been talking to couldn't. Another guy volunteered, but he didn't seem to know a whole lot about it uh, as much. But we appreciate them considering doing that. There's tables on the sides and on the and upstairs, all over the sides and, and the uh, middle upstairs. These are uh, reserved seats unless people do not reserve them. If they do not, then it's a first-come, first-serve situation. Now, if you reserve a table, you still have to buy a ticket to the event. So no matter what, you have to have a ticket. Now, if you want to reserve a table, you have to do it in groups of 10, and it is somewhere between 50 65 and $100, depending on what kind of package deal you want. So for 50 you get an hour open bar and appetizers. For 65 you get an open bar for an hour and some better appetizers, I guess. And then for 100 you get a three-course meal, which actually has filet or salmon, some good stuff on it, and an, an hour of uh, open bar. But here's the downside of it, in my opinion. They will not guarantee where that table will be. So you could end up on the side of the stage. You could end up in the back of the middle upstairs. They will not guarantee you a location. So you're running a risk if your only purpose is to buy a table because you think you're going to get a good table. Now, if you just want to get in there and eat, that's cool. Gaia, you need to change your font, by the way, MJ. Um, so let me see, where was I? If you want to go in and eat there and get a three-course meal and have an open bar, that's great. Drop the $100. You still have to buy a ticket. If you are under the impression that this will get you in earlier, you are incorrect, unless the line, L-I-N-E, is shorter for the uh, reserve seats. There will be two lines. There will be the regular folks, and there will be the reserve table folks. So... They all go in at the same time or start going in at the same time. And my guess is the reserve table line will be shorter, so you got better odds, but it'll cost you. And, uh, you know, if you want to go and try to get in that line and spend the 50 bucks and go stand up and not go to your table, I guess you're welcome to do that. <laughs> That's one way of doing it. So. I wonder anyway. what kind of food they've got. I mean, you said three course, so it sounds like it's actually like decent food, not just nachos or whatever. Yes, it's a the three course meal is nice and an hour open bar. And trust me, in the uh, uh, New York, <laughs> fifty bucks for an hour open bar is a pretty good deal. If the waitresses are quick, <laughs> that's a good point. But you look at you look at, for example, the Iridium. Uh, and usually the venue has a $10 minimum, but I don't think they can do that since the floor is going to be open. Right. But the Iridium drinks, for premium drinks, were like $16. Wow. So if you're a drinker, it's a, it's kind of a no-brainer deal in a way. And you got a shot at a decent table. If you don't like it, go stand up, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Sub-G wants to know if I'm going to get a table. I don't know yet. Uh, what I'm thinking is... For me personally, um, my wife's going to be with me, and she's going to probably want to sit down. I'll probably roll the dice and buy a 
you know, two of the $50 deals if I can get a group big enough, which I don't think is going to be a problem. And that way we'll be guaranteed a seat if we need it. And if it's good, we stay there. If not, you know, I go downstairs and she may want to stay upstairs. We'll go back and forth, all that kind of stuff. So, you know. Um, good place to park. And then again, I think sometimes do I really want to go out and eat or do I just want to go in there and eat? But I don't know. It's a tough call. I'm, I'm kind of... Uh, I'm kind of torn on it, to be honest with you. I don't know what to do. Well, what would you do, Cruiser Mel? What would I do? Well, I kind of like having a home base where I can stash my coat and, you know, maybe my purse or whatever. So I would opt for a table. I just don't know if I would go for the whole schlemiel with the meal and all that. Uh, I don't know. Okay, so Mindy's trying to tell me that the open bar is an hour before the show starts. So those people have to get in early. Um, that's a negative. The other people will get in an hour before the show starts, just like any other uh, Todd gig you've ever been to. People get in um, before the show starts. So trust me, folks, I've talked to everybody under the sun about this gig, including Moogie, Todd's people, um, the venue. This is the way it works, unless they decide to make a change. So... You know, if I could get a guaranteed spot, certain table, then this would be a no-brainer. But they don't do that. It's dependent on the manager that day where they put you. And I'm not but really not even take... not even if you're the first person to order a table or, or purchase a table doesn't mean you get the best table. That sucks. Yes, I agree. And that's kind of like how what happened in Vegas was, you were the first person to buy that VIP booth. And granted, you didn't go, but some of us filled in in your place, and it was the worst booth in the whole room. Right. So, but it was considered the first booth. Ugh. Yeah, that's that's you know, good old venues for you. Maybe you're supposed um, to grease somebody's palm when you walk in. Yeah. Everything. Okay, so we've talked about the hotel. We're gonna know something on that soon. Go to RungunRadio.com and hit the Join Us link. We'll send an email out and also be on our Facebook, etc. Uh, we talked about the setup for the venue. There's a photo on my Facebook page. Uh, if you can't see that or whatever, email me. I'll send it to you. Um, what it else is kind of hard to tell Anything? from that photo. Do you think the stage is to the left in that photo? It's hard to tell. No. no. Oh. You can see the stage. It's next to those uh, chairs downstairs. It's that... Um, you can see a speaker above it. Okay, I'll go back and look again. Yes. Okay. So there you go on that. Now, let's talk about this for a minute before these guys call in. Because uh, Mark has asked me to ask them how long they're going to get to practice and everything. Uh, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer or Dougie Downer, but everybody needs to set their expectations on what this is going to be. This is not a tour. There's going to be one show, and this is a tribute to Moogie, who will not be with us much longer. These are good buddies getting back together. They haven't been together in decades to spend some time with Moogie in the way that he will appreciate the most and do a show. So if you're going to expect to come in there and see a 40-minute icon or 30-minute icon in 30 minutes, 22 seconds, your expectations are too high, in my opinion. Now, if they do that, that's great. Just don't come in expecting anything. Another live, the whole album, or, you know, 
seven rays. We don't have any idea. Maybe the guys can talk about it tonight, but I don't think they know yet either. But just don't, you know, get your expectations out of whack. This is a one-show deal and a 700-capacity bar with guys that haven't played together in a long time. Are they going to practice? Of course. Are they going to have weeks to do this? Are they going to be able to put up Maurice and do the Raw show, even though it's not their album? No. <laughs> Just, you know, go in with the right expectations, and you will not walk away disappointed. That's my main point. And know this. You're going to know, if you're listening to this show, probably 25 to 50% of the audience because they're in our chat room, some of them. And you have seen them or heard them on TRC, Facebook, call in, whatever. It's going to be a good group of the Todd community going to see the show. Indeed. Yes. Well, you know, I'm I'm hoping for a a video on demand of some sort because I cannot attend. I tried to figure out how I could. Uh, I'm returning from a vacation that day, and I don't even get home until too late to make it to New York. So. It'd be nice if I could just, you know, get in my jammies and turn on the video on demand as soon as I get home. Just my Well, they're working on it, I can tell you that. Everybody knows that's a no-brainer if it can get done. But, you know, it's outside of, you know, the control of everybody. On this. Right. One of our events, you know, we would uh, have some say in that, but it's not. And, um, well, you know, ultimately, they still this... have a little over a month, so yeah. hopefully they'll get hopefully it together. Hopefully it worked out, and it makes sense. But you know this is oh, this is really a BB Kings event. Highline Ballroom is owned by BB Kings, and they are the ones putting this together in a way. Um, some people say it's a Moogie benefit. That's not how this is going to be labeled. That's not what this is going to be called. But just know that this is for and about Moogie, and I'll leave it at that. Of course it is. Course. Yes. Yep. By the way, nice picture I saw of you and Moogie from uh, Dece- the earlier December show in New York. Very nice. Ah, thank you. It was great to meet him. I finally got to at the um, Iridium show. That's where Moogie got to talk to Todd, and they decided that they would do this show together. So see, y'all, it wasn't a rumor. It wasn't a rumor at all. Nope. A real deal. A real deal. Now, that makes me um, pause for a minute and think about that. You know, we have one of the interesting things about this and about this whole Todd community, you got folks like me who have never seen Utopia outside of the A-Watch shows, which was Notopia, um, didn't grow up listening to Prog Rock and Todd Runger's Utopia. And there are a lot of people that have already bought tickets that are in the same boat. So you're going to have a mix of newer fans and older fans, and that could be of Todd or that could be of Utopia either way. It's going to be an interesting mix, but the main thing is ultimately everybody loves Utopia and Todd and Moogie and the band enough to go to the show, and that's what matters at the end of the day. Right. So it'll be fun. Looking forward to it. And you know what? I realize I'm probably the only person that's not going to make it to this show, but there's another show with Moogie in it coming up on the 16th, I think, of January. Hang on, I'm looking for it. At the bitter end. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I'm glad you brought that up because here's the deal. Some people, 
are panicking, thinking that Kevin Elman backed out of this show uh, on the 29th. That's not the case. The 16th show at the bitter end is now going to be different. Moogie will still be there, uh, but it won't be the full stock Utopia guys that were going to be there, like Kevin and uh, John Siegler and Ralph Shuckett. They're going to go to the 29th gig. Oh, because, so, you know, it was it was said at one point that they would be there on the 16th, that some of them would. That was before this new gig was announced. Okay. So All if right. you see a cancellation of something, that's what it is. It's the 16th, not the 29th. The 29th is set. Todd is in on this. The other guys are in on this. There's no worries. There's no sense to panic or start rumors. That's the way it is. That's what's going down, people. Get a ticket. You can go right now and go do it right now. That's right. I think everybody. As long as you come back. I think everybody's going already got one that's listening to this show. So, uh, <laughs> um, let's see. What else do I have about this deal? Um, let's see. There's nothing else I think. Anybody got any questions, just let me know. Uh, will there be merch there is a question probably. I'm still trying to figure that out myself. I know, of course, Moog will be there with his CDs and stuff. But I don't know if they're going to make a T-shirt or any of this kind of thing. Um, I will try to find out and maybe even get involved in that if they're not planning on doing it because I bet people would like one. And um, let's see. What else? <laughs> Mod oh. has there. Mod had put in the chat room, anybody alert Bette Midler? Well, she was on TV, uh, I think, this morning on uh, Regis and Kelly or something like that. And I, I had to laugh to myself because I was like, you know, I wonder if she might show up at this thing. Yeah, I, I doubt it. Who knows? That'd be who cool, knows though. Who all come out for this, and it depends on who Moogie stays in touch with, I guess. But, you know, this band was on a, a lot of, these, these musicians, anyhow, were on a lot of different albums that Todd did, including Initiation, A. Watts. Todd. The Todd album. Mm-hmm. So... As a matter of fact, it's this group that did the Sons of 1984 that's on the Todd album, if I'm not mistaken. So a lot of history there, a lot of different things they can pull out of their hat. No idea what that's going to be yet, um, but whatever it is, I'm sure it'll be fun. And I do know that Mr. Sultan is interested in making an appearance. Oh, is he? Oh, good. Yes. So that could happen. Man, this could be a uh, big old jam session. This show's starting early, correct? Like 7.30? Uh, That is correct. And they've got something lined up at 11. So technically they could go a pretty good long time if they really wanted to. Yeah, they can play as long as they feel like it, I guess. Well, actually, there's a 10 o'clock curfew at the venue, which is funny. I have no idea what that's about. But uh, this show will be... Let's see, eight thirty nine thirty ten. That's a two and a half hour deal. If they start on time, which would be probably way too much for a band to do. But um, you know, we'll have the club for that long. Hmm. I bet curfew's probably got something to do with uh that act that comes in and plays every Friday night. Yeah, uh, Saturday night. They have some kind of DJ that does something. Well, Maybe it's Anyhow. Beach Boys tribute band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so the guys still haven't called in. They're supposed to be already. Why don't we take a break? We'll play Sons of 1984. This is from the Fox Theater, 
1973. This is the utopia that you will see on the 29th of January if you are there. Here we go. Rundgren's Utopia concert continues after these messages live on Retro Rock. Not really. <laughs> Crazy Mel, you sick of that song yet? Never. I hear ya. That is never going to happen. I love that song. 
Fun stuff. We got to hear it at the Todd Healing Tour, of course. It's a great finale. All right, I think we may have one of our guests on the line. Two six two. We got. No, that's just me, Doug and Mal. Hi, Kathy Lee B. Kathy Lee B. What's up? Well, I just I got rid of the police and the grandchild, and I was calling to see if there's anything at all I could add. Wait a minute. What do you mean you got rid of the police? The baby dialed 911 by accident, and the police came over. <laughs> what you get for giving a baby a telephone, geekness? Well, <laughs> you were the one that called me, and then I was like, hang it up and let's call Santa. And he somehow managed to dial 911. And <laughs> so, yeah, that was, that was really special. Yeah. Wow. I hate. Well, no, you, there's nothing you can add unless you've got a done deal on this group, right? We've already discussed it, and uh, I think you got to wait until tomorrow, right? I got an email that you had brought it up. I just wanted to be sure. And, yeah, um, I'm working on it. And anybody who's interested should uh, message me on Facebook or email me. I've got a list. I'm checking it twice. We're up to almost 25 uh, rooms at this point. So, yeah. Good job. Okay. Melly, good luck with the thing tomorrow. Oh, yeah, the thing. Hmm. Thank you. All righty. Love you guys. Uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, holiday greetings to everybody. And this is going to be one rock and sack in 2011 New Year, don't you think? Oh, yeah. No question. Oh, yeah. I, all I can say is people must have been very, very good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, carry on. And let me know if you want a hotel room in New York. I'm working on it. I need numbers. Take it out. Got it. Thanks. Peace. Peace. All right, I think we got one of our guests finally. Let's see. Uh, is this John, Ralph, or Kevin? John. Yes, who's this? You're breaking up there. Yeah, who's this? I'm going to try, try calling you back on another line. All right, sounds good. Yeah. That one is not good. All right, it sounded to me like John Sigler. To me, like somebody was was banging pots and pans together. <laughs> Ooh, I'm still cooking it. Should I get off? Hang up. Oh. <laughs> oh, Kathy Lee B's the victim. Hang oh, up okay. on me. I'll call back. <laughs> I'll be the baby in the with a nine one one phone. Man, crazy. Yeah, I was talking to Kathy Lee, and she gave the baby the phone, and all of a sudden the baby somehow pressed nine one one of all things. Too funny. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, look. Let me um. Before we get our guests back, hang tight with me just one second. Well, where are we going to go? I mean, of course we're I'm all going to Well, I've got to refresh the, the switchboard for a second because I've uploaded something I want to play. All right, folks, this is from the Iridium. Listen closely. Good. This is somebody requesting hello, it's me, at the Todd concert at the Iridium. Oh, you are not. Oh, all right, we've got to try it again. Listen close. <laughs> if you didn't catch it, she's saying, Todd, hello, it's me, you bastard. I'm going to try it one more time, so listen close and you'll hear it. <laughs> I love that. What a funny chick. That could be one of our faithful listeners. You just never know. Yeah, well, I kind of doubt that. I hope okay. not, anyway. You bastard. <laughs> Hello, it's me, you bastard. 
too funny. All right, so we're waiting on whoever that was to call back. Anybody wants to call in, ask questions, whatever. We are celebrating, if you haven't heard, Utopia Mark II reunion. Here we go. Now we got some calls lined up. 914, you're with us. Yeah, it's Ziegler. Ziegler, excellent. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Three eight. Well, dang it. Three eight six. You're with us. Hello, Doug. Hello, Mel. This is Keith in Deltona. How are you guys? Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Hello. And all that stuff right back at you. How you doing, Keith? Yeah. Um, absolutely thrilled that my uh, wonderful wife figured out a way that uh, I could afford to uh, head up there and come to the show. Got my tickets. Going to meet. Uh, Peter from Boston and drive down and come to the show and see Wendy's coming to the show. So the the, the same group of uh, this uh, New York contingent. All right, man. Well, Keith, hang on a second. We got our, our yeah, guys go calling. Let me check on that. All right, hang on. All right, so let's see. Two hundred one. That's me, Kevin Elman. Kevin. Hi, All right, Kevin. so we got Kevin John. I bet. Kevin. Maybe. Hey, right, John. How are you? Sigler here. Yeah. All righty, man. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Doing Good. great. Good. All right, Ralph, Ralph Shucky, you with us? Before, by the way. Sorry. Huh? Oh, was it? Okay, Ralph, you with us now? Four two three. Oh no, maybe that wasn't him. The the breaking up one, I think, was probably Ralph. Sometimes oh, he has it? a problem at his phone. Uh, no, it's not four Ralph. Two, four two three is Rick Yarbrough from Tennessee. What's up, Matt? All right, hang with us, brother. We're going to try to get these guys going, and uh, we'll come back. Hang on. All right, so we got John and Kevin on the phone. Ralph is always late. Sometimes he forgets. <laughs> we're gonna, I'll, send him a, I'll send him a message. But um, So you guys uh, ready to rock and roll in January or what? Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I saw Moogie on Saturday night. He was doing uh, his Teeth Mix gig, and he sounded pretty good. Uh, obviously, in between sets, he's kind of weak, but uh, he sounds great, and I'm really looking forward to playing. Very nice. Kevin, I just missed you. I got there, I got there. I guess, right after you left. I missed the whole set, but I got there at oh, about 10 after 10. Oh, yeah, I, I got hung up, but I got, yeah, I, I must have just missed you. Oh, so you guys are, was, uh, I live fairly close, but Ralph's over in California then. Right. Excuse exactly. me? You guys live close to... To uh, Moogie, but yeah, Ralph we both is live not. in the, yeah, no, Ralph's out in California. We're both in the New York area. New York. All right, let's see if this may be uh, Ralph. Ralph, you with us? All right, so we got a lot of people want to talk to you guys tonight. I guess we got some callers already. Um, well, let's talk. Let's get a, a head start though. Have you guys? I mean, I know you've probably been talking to Moogie about this for a little while. You know, before uh, Todd was reeled into this deal. Have y'all gotten far enough to where you kind of? thought about what songs you're going to do and that type of thing? Well, Moog sent a uh, an email with a list of songs, a sort of starter list of songs um, that we would probably do. Kevin, did you get that? You must have gotten that, right? Yes, I did get that list, and actually I've yeah. been practicing the tunes and trying to get sharp again. <laughs> this is a lot to remember, man. <laughs> Those are some uh, pretty complicated tunes. Yeah. Ah, that's kind of good news. I think people want to hear some of the more complicated (laughs) stuff. (laughs) Now, is it all Utopia stuff? Moogie has an idea of what he wants to do. Okay. And it's all about Moogie. That's the important thing here. Of course. So it's uh, got to be Friends and Ladyface and uh, Dust in the Wind and Yard Done. 
got to get it done. Right. Yeah. Got to get them all uh, okay. in there. Yeah. <laughs> now, is it some of um, the stuff you guys used to do from Todd's album, or is it all Utopia? Yeah, we're get, we're going to do some Utopia stuff also. It looks like. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping we're going to do the Utopia theme and maybe either the icon or part of the icon. Really? That'll be awesome. Well, we're not going to do the whole icon, I don't think. But (laughs) Woogie was talking about doing a a couple pieces of it. Right. Yeah. Very nice. And uh, uh, he's got the Freak Parade on the the list there, too. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Freak Parade, that'd be great. Now, a lot of people are, uh, are not clear. I'm pretty sure... If I remember correctly, when you guys were on our shows, you're still jamming some. You got different things you're doing, not the, not the same as you know going out and touring all the time. But you guys have stuff on the side, some bands. I believe uh, Kevin, you might have had some type of jazz band deal you were trying to put together. And is that, is well, that correct? I had a, uh, no? I had a I had an R&B band that I've been playing with for a while. Just kind of straight up '60s and '70s R&B with horns and a couple singers, and that's been a lot of fun. Excellent. And I know Don has a has an R and B band too, I think. Well, it's not really an R and B band. It's a it's a band called the Martes and it's um we do sort of um it's a huge band with uh uh, uh two guitar players, uh uh four piece horn section, background singers. It's a it's a big big explosive explosion and it's uh it's sort of I like to think of it as sort of interesting arrangements of classic rock songs, uh, sort of very, but very bluesy. And uh, actually, we just cut the tracks for our first CD last week. Um, We cut 16 tracks last week uh, because we're very well rehearsed. And uh, 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 we're going to be finishing that up uh, over the next month, six weeks. Uh, and then we'll probably do one of our regular uh, places that we play in Manhattan, um, either uh, the Bitter End or uh, the Canal Room is the, usually the places we play. And uh, uh, so that's uh, that's a pretty major project for me. I, I put a lot of time into that and uh, do a lot of playing, and the rest of the musicians are really top-notch, and it's, it's really a great uh, project to be involved in. Like there fun. you go, folks. So if you thought that they weren't doing music, you were mistaken. And, of course, we know Ralph has because he did some of the uh, Wizard True Star with us uh, last December, a year ago. And so these guys are, you know, ready to rock and roll. <laughs> now, you brought up the bitter end. I know there's been uh, some confusion on that. Originally, Moog, you said you guys were going to do something there, and I think that's kind of changed on the 16th. What's the latest on that? Well, uh, um, what I heard is that Moogie is going to be doing a gig there with the uh, Moogie and the Peaceniks. And a few uh, few other people, you know, like Moogie and his friends will uh, will appear. But the uh, Todd Rundgren and Utopia gig is uh, January 29th at the Highline Ballroom. Okay, so the gig now on the 16th is, is Moogie and the Peaceniks. Well, so the gig on the 16th actually is Peter Yarrow, uh, who is the, uh, if you remember Peter, Paul, and Mary, he's a friend of Moogie's, and he's going to play a set. Uh, he just did a, a big concert uh, at um, in Manhattan a couple of weeks ago that was very well attended. And then uh, uh, there's a gentleman by the name of David Amram who's a jazz uh, a French horn player who um, is very highly regarded in those circles and um, uh, is an old family friend of, of Muggies. He's going to be doing a set. Uh, and then Danny Cooch, uh, who is uh, the guitar player from... Um, this most recent Carol King um, James Taylor tour is going to sit in and do something with the Peaceniks and 
uh, I, I don't know if we're going to be involved or not. Uh, 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 it's up to what, if whatever Moogie wants, that's what we're going to do. But um, that's the lineup as I understand it. The Peace Next, Peter Yarrow, this band with Cooch and uh, Mr. David Anram. Gotcha. So you guys have obviously stayed in touch with Moogie for a while. I know you've jammed with him some. Uh, when was the last time you talked to Mr. Rundgren? Oh, I haven't talked to Todd in a long time. Long yeah, I time, saw. Yeah. I spoke to him about uh, ten years ago. We did a show <laughs> on CNBC, and uh, we uh, he was talking about his uh, internet, you know, music, and he had his trio on. I was talking about career changing, and then we uh, we had a little. We played the icon on air after that, and it was that uh, that appearance that motivated me to get start playing again. And after that, Moogie contacted me. We started a band together, and we played for several years after that. Well, you know, I, I saw that uh, show. I've seen the video on that, which is, I mean, you, you just got up there like it was riding a bicycle, no big deal. I don't know how much time <laughs> y'all had to rehearse, but I know Chasm was in the video. I remember seeing him. That was a lot of fun. I mean, did you guys get to practice that a lot, or did you just get up there and remembered it from scratch? Well, not only was there no practice, when we got there, we were in the green room, and I'm asking, you know, Todd, we're catching up, and I'm saying to him, you know, I haven't played in a long, long time. What are we going to play? I want to kind of at least think about it a little bit. He says, oh, don't worry about it. You know, we'll, uh, you'll, we'll tell you when we get up on the stage. So then I go over to Chasm, and I say, listen, uh, I'm getting a little nervous because, you know, I haven't played in 25 years. I'm practicing, but I haven't actually played. So what are we going to do? And uh, he says, well, you know, just wait and see. We'll, we'll, we'll let you know we get on stage. So now I realize <laughs> it's, it's, they're kind of goofing on me a little bit. So we get on stage, and about three seconds before they announce the song, he says, okay, we're going to play the Icon. And, <laughs> I, you know, the Icon was one of the most difficult tunes we ever played. And for the life of me, I can't remember how it goes. So I'm sitting there. <laughs> I'm drawing a complete blank. And he starts counting off one, two, one, two, three, and as he hits four, it comes back to me in a rush, and I just start playing. Exactly. I was very worried I was going to embarrass myself on national television. <laughs> Too funny. Well, speaking of Chasm, he wanted me to tell you, I talked to him today, that uh, he would volunteer to be your base tech if you needed one for this show. <laughs> you, know, you know what? You know what? Moogie told me, and I thought it was a great idea, that he was considering calling Kaz up and seeing if Kaz wanted to be part of the band and um, and uh, uh, play keys and additional guitar and, of course, sing, which would be very helpful to us because Kaz is such a great singer. And then I said, well, why don't we just switch off on bass and I'll play a little keyboards or whatever, whatever, you know, whatever works. But I, I, it would be great if he was there. I think it would be fabulous. I, I'd love for him yeah. to be there. And I think everybody feels the same way. And, uh, you know, it's... You know, it's whatever sounds good. You know, at this stage, nobody. You know, it doesn't matter who's playing. <laughs> you know, so I mean, some yeah. of the, some of the. So what? What I, I. So I don't know what what's, what happened with that, but uh, um, uh, I'm sure Mugi will be in touch with them, and it also depends on what Todd wants to do, and I don't know, but I think it would be great because um, vocally, particularly. Uh, it would be super helpful because <laughs> Chasm. Yeah, is such I got a, a feeling Chasm's going to be involved in this when it's all said and done, and maybe he I could do so. the part. People in our chat room have said of uh, <laughs> do Improg's part. We'll paint his hair green, but no. Yeah, he's got a really. great voice. We uh, 
Yeah, we did a gig with Chasm and Boogie a few years back. He sounds great. It would be, it'd be nice to have him singing. Yeah, I think oh, yeah. He'll, he'll great. And if he wants to play some of the stuff, he can play. Oh. Give me a break. <laughs> yeah. All right, let me um, let me check with this. 917, is this Ralph? Whoa, 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 hi. Hey, who's this? Hi. Am I on? Was it, you know, you have like a seven-second delay or something? It could be anybody who called. It's yeah, you gotta, you got to mute your phone there, buddy. You got to, I mean, mute your uh, your uh, computer. Uh, that's obviously not Ralph. Somebody with us, I'm going to say Boston. What happened to Ralph? Phones. Is that Ralph? I'll call him on my other phone. Okay, sounds good. So um, who was that that said they'd call him, John? Yeah, I'll call him. I'm calling him now. Okay. All right, so Kevin. Yes. You got remotivated because of the icon to go back out and do some shows. And uh, I got to think then if that was – Exciting for you. This is probably um, ten times that. I got, I got to think you're um, really fired up about doing this show with this yeah, band. You guys haven't been together in decades. Yeah, I'm totally psyched. I mean, this Ralphie. is one of the one of the great bands you're gonna I've ever played in? with. Hold on, let me let me. Uh, yeah, yes. Yes. Which one is? Uh, oh, are you two hundred one, Kevin? Okay, no problem. Just call in when you're ready. All right. I'm. Gonna, all right. Now go ahead. I'm gonna mute John for a second. All right. Go ahead. Sorry about yeah, that. I mean, I'm really looking forward. I'm, I mean, I, I love playing with John. Any chance I get to play with him would be fantastic. And, uh, you know, Moogie's terrific. I haven't played with Ralph. And, I feel the same way, Kev. You know, it would be great. And uh, should be fun. You know, when we, were, we were teenagers when we had a band together. I remember we used to, we used to play <laughs> at some tiny little padded room in my apartment. And we used That's to right. Out, and uh, it was a lot of fun. I don't think fun. we were quite teenagers unless I'm a lot older than you. Well, maybe we were 20, but it couldn't have been older. Yeah, we were in our early 20s. Kevin and I were in Buzzy Linhart's band together, and that's how that's we met. Crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. And uh, um, I, I met Buzzy. Well, I had known Buzzy for a while through Moogie, of course, because you meet everybody through Moogie. Yeah, and, uh, criteria. Uh, and then Kevin was in Buzzy's band. I got into Buzzy's band, and that's how we got to be friends. And then uh, we moved that along, and we moved Kevin into uh, – the Utopia Band. It was great. It all worked out great. Yeah, no question. Certainly has. Fun stuff. So, um, Do either one of you guys have any experience with the Highline Ballroom? Have you ever played there? No. I think John has. I've never played there. Hmm. John, have you played there? No, I haven't played at the Highline, but my oh. son told me it's really nice. It's great. That's what I heard. Yeah. yeah. Actually, my, son, my son is also a musician. Uh, he told me the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 it's, a, it's a really nice venue. It's a, it's a small theater. Um, I think it holds about seven or 800 people. I'm not exactly sure, but um, I can go online and take a look. And it's uh, uh, supposedly a really good sound system, a nice back line, and um, uh, should work out really well. should be a really nice um, opportunity to, uh, uh, for us to do this thing. It'll be great. Yeah, it's owned by really King, so that gives a little bit of credibility now. I don't know if 700 capacity is going to be enough. I think some people are going to be disappointed when it's all said and done because they can't get in. But uh, which brings me to my next question, you guys. I mean, I don't know if you know it or not. So I'll tell you, this thing is uh, people are going nuts. I mean, the excitement about this. You would think that their favorite team just uh, made the Super Bowl and are favored. <laughs> it's insane. I mean, God did bless you them. Yeah. I mean, would you expect that kind of response? From a, a band who put together an album, you know, in seventies, early seventies, and now it's going to get back together. Well, I was well, surprised, but I'm very pleased, and 
I heard that there are I think there are a hundred tickets sold already, so I think it's going to sell out very quickly. Oh, uh, the hundred tickets were gone. I would guess within an hour last night when they went on sale. Yeah. And maybe so I don't know how many they've sold, but those were gone. You know, before you could bat an eye, it was amazing. And uh, the only reason we know that is because they were thirty-five dollars for the first hundred. Then they went up right. to forty, and that was like you know no time. It's unbelievable. We you got know, people I think, coming I, in. I, I think the thing about uh, the response to this idea is, that, um, I don't know, you probably weren't around in the seventies when we had this band, but it was a pretty popular band. And um, uh, the other thing is that Todd's fans, and consequently Utopia's fans, I think are really super loyal and really sort of more. Uh, fervent than um, most, although I, I I wouldn't know, but it doesn't. Frankly, it doesn't surprise me that much because I think that you know that this band had a certain thing and it was very popular. And at the time, you could tell that people really loved the band. And and when I say love the band, it's really Todd and the band. Um, and uh, so, frankly, I'm not that surprised. I'm I'm, I'm I love it. I'm flattered to death. I think it's wonderful. But it's not that surprising to me because it it was a very successful venture in the first place. Yeah, that's a good point. One of the things yeah. I want to talk to uh, John about is, uh, you know, that music is a certain sound that goes with a certain time. You know, it's like progressive rock kind of fusion. You know, it's very much a 70s sound. And then, you know, you play it today and, you know, it's tempting to play it a little differently. You know, so one of the things I'm wondering about is to try to, you know, are we trying to recreate that sound or kind of play it as we play it today? How do you feel about that? I think uh, <laughs> I feel I feel strongly both ways, Kevin. Uh, mm-hmm. I I think that um, I've been running down the uh, down the tunes and I've been playing the tunes. I mean, a lot of it is very orchestrated. A lot of it is very very clearly um, uh, composed, and the notes are what the notes are. Um, and when we get into the freer parts, then I think everybody's going to play the way they more like the way they play now. But when we play the Utopia theme and 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 we're playing the opening of the Utopia theme, I think it's going to sound like the opening of the Utopia theme. You know, I don't think oh, yeah. it's going to sound. You know what I mean? So I, I think there'll be an opportunity for us to um, show and play. Um, uh, uh, with the maturity that we've achieved over all these years, which I I think is quite a lot, and at the same time, I think we're going to be, I'm sure, very true to what the original compositions were and the, the original recordings. That's the way I see it. You know, I mean, I, I, I we're just going to play it and see how it sounds. I think. You know, I think well, everybody. I, I think all the all the parts are going to be played like the parts, but in the uh, you know in the improv sections or the solo sections, yeah. you know, we're going to. I mean. You know, it's a 35 years of experience different. Right. And that'll be cool. I think that'll be really cool. <laughs> no question about it. And, you know, if we can remember speaking which of the Todd fans, you know, I was, uh, like you mentioned, I wasn't around. I was eight years old when that album came out. But there's going to be folks like me that are going to be there that weren't around that have always wanted to see something like this. Then you're going to have some of the folks that actually saw you guys back in the day. And we've right. got, we know for a fact already, we've got somebody flying in from Scotland Somebody flying in from Japan, somebody flying in from England. We got California, Vegas, you know, as far away in the United States as you can get. We uh, this thing is on fire. It's unbelievable how many people are interested in seeing you guys. It's going to be a really special evening, no doubt about it. That's crazy. Wow, we better practice. Well, I tell you, 
before I got on, I was practicing. One of them, one of them you could be damn sure of it if you're ready. That's for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess you Jeff, as a matter of fact, uh, I was going to call you today, but I figured I'd call you over the weekend. Yeah, I'd like to sit down and talk and maybe sit yeah, down yeah. in the... Yeah, we'll, the we'll talk it over. And talk it through. Yeah. Because like when Ralph, Ralphie's coming into town, he's, uh, and he's going to stay uh, at least part of the time here. So, you oh, know, we'll, we'll figure something. Yeah. yeah. That's what right. But just little personal stuff here on the radio for you guys. There you go. Well, we had uh, Ralph said, speaking of personal stuff, he emailed me, said he'll call in about 30 minutes. He had something come up with somebody he's been dying to talk to for a long time and needs to knock that call out. So he'll be calling in pretty soon. And, um, yeah, I talked to him. He said he was he was talking to somebody else that he had to talk to, and he'd call in when he could. Yeah, you know, and and people would love to see the show. I know it's not going to happen, you know, um, go on the road and that type of thing. I would love to see you guys get back together. You know, and unfortunately, um, the tough part about something as great as this event is that a lot of it has to do with the fact, you know, that Moogie's really sick. And, right. um you know, we got to keep that in mind, the, the people that are coming to this gig, and, uh, you know, make sure we show Moogie the love because he's obviously a, a huge part of all of this and, and Utopia and most of, you know, Todd's early albums and, and Secret Sound and everything. And, right. um, you know, everybody wishes the best for Moogie. And uh, hopefully, think, you know. I think you couldn't be more correct. I think the important thing for everybody to keep their eye on the ball about is that this whole thing is about Moogie. He organized it. It's something that he wants to do. It's something that he really put himself out for, even in the, you know, even while he's as sick as he is to organize. And the whole thing in my mind is about him and it's about whatever he wants, whatever he wants to play, whatever he wants us to play. Uh, it's all about him because yeah, he was, the, the, you know, I, I, everybody feels that way, you know? So, uh, I think that's really important, and and I think this is the kind of thing that's going to make them feel better. I think, you know, you know, this is going to, you know, really give them a boost. And that's what I'm hoping, you know, that, uh, you know, it, it's going to make them feel good, and it's going to be something that he's wanted to do for a long time, I think, and uh, and he made it happen, you know. So, hey, did you talk to him? He's not calling in tonight. Uh, I I have not been able to get in touch with him today. I did shoot him an mm-hmm. email and gave him the details, so he may call mm-hmm. in. But he's mm-hmm. um he's kind of. Uh, I talked to him be, yesterday. Yeah, he may be tired today. You know, I don't know. Yeah. It's, um, I haven't heard from him much today. Yeah. But uh, there's a chance he'll call in. I may send him a text here in a little while, because um, we'd love to hear from him. Of course, we had him on about what do you think, Mel? About three weeks ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's when he let everybody know, the fans and everything, that uh, he had he had been diagnosed and was sick, and you know wants to look at some alternative treatments and things like that, but. You know, one of the things about any kind of sickness, and you mentioned it, you know, you things that can make you feel good, and I, I know this is very important to Moogie. I, I think, in, uh, you know, I don't know Moogie as well as you guys, but I have had a feeling he, he's always wanted to kind of get back with you guys and Todd and at least do a show or two here and there. And, and this is a big deal, I think, for him, and I think you're right. It's going to make him feel a lot better, which is always important when you're, you know, in a situation. Real. He's, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. And and I uh, you know, I mean the funny thing is, uh Moogie and I hadn't talked in many, many years, uh and over the last uh month, couple of couple of months, uh we've been talking and it's as if no time ever went by. It it's an amazing thing. You know, <laughs> it's really an amazing thing and uh and uh, uh we must have talked for an hour yesterday just shooting the shit and uh 
uh, we had a great talk and, um, you know, I think, you know, I, I just hope that this is something, something that's going to help him. You know, that's the, that's the idea. And I know we're raising money for him also. So that hopefully that's good. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Props to you guys for participating in this. I know you're doing this, um, to help out. Let's go to some callers. If you don't mind, we've got some while we wait on Ralph to call in and I'll shoot Moogie a text. Cause I know some people, uh, Clearly, want to talk to you guys about this this uh, concert, and uh, we'll start since um, Keith was the first one in. Uh, Keith, yeah, what you got? Well, hey, hey, uh, Kevin, hey, John, uh, nice to speak to you guys. Uh, I was How you doing? To, I'm doing wonderful. Happy holidays to both you guys. You Can't too. Wait to in January. Thank you very much. Uh, I was one of the fortunate Todd fans. It's been a fan of Utopia going back to uh first time I saw you guys was the Carnegie Hall gig in uh mm-hmm. April of seventy yeah. four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we're all youngsters. We're, you know right. we're, we're all like fine wine now. We've gotten better with age and uh <laughs> uh the seventy uh, four show that you guys did in, in Central Park. I, I got a question about that show. You guys played perform the icon that night and Todd put on a fireworks show during... It was his birthday. Yeah, and how how did you... How was the logistics of that plan to where... Uh, was it just, okay, shoot the fireworks, and we're just playing the show, uh, you know, playing the song? Kev? Kev, I don't really remember. the fireworks, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I, don't remember, I don't remember that too clearly. <laughs> well, I remember, because uh, Todd and I sat on the edge of the... T- States so we could see the fireworks because the Central Park mm-hmm. gig had a had a kind of a roof over the stage in case it rained, so yeah. you couldn't see up the hill. So uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if the rest of the band could actually see the fireworks, but Todd and I sat on the edge of the stage and we were just jamming on something. Uh, I think uh, I, I don't think there was a big plan. You know, I think they decided to shoot off some fireworks. They were up on that hill up behind the woman rink where the old Schaefer festival used to be. And, uh, that somewhere in the middle of the show, they shot them off and, uh, we were just sort of jamming and, uh, watching the fireworks. And then when they were over, we carried on. I was way back on the stage underneath the yeah. cover. I don't think I could see anything. No, I don't yeah. think you could. I remember talking about it. I don't think, I don't think Boogie and Ralph could see anything. And, uh, and John Eve either. I don't think any of you guys could. I think that overhang prevented you from seeing any of that because it was all yeah. out in front and up high. Wow. I bet you guys haven't talked to the frog in a long time either, have you? No. God, that's been <laughs> forever. We had him on the show, and uh, the sales brothers called in. They were like, we haven't talked to you in like 30 years. They had a good... <laughs> What's he doing today? What's he doing these days? Where does he live? A frog, yeah. that's an interesting story. He's in France, and... Um, He's actually involved in the music business. He has this idea of, um, we'll see, Mel, you help me if I get this wrong, but my understanding of it is the way he described it is basically he, he um, has some pretty unique music. They put together these, these groups, different religious groups, um, together to do to coexist, I guess would be the proper word. Now everybody knows that bumper sticker. So you would have these two or three different religions, especially some that may have in the past uh, disliked each other a lot, and he tries to create this music together with these people, and it's um, and he's been down some crazy roads too. It's real interesting stories, but uh, anyway, that's what he's doing. Hmm. Something like that. Oh, Johnny, he was right. a real character, man. 
He was a real oh, character, yeah. that guy. Not about it. Matter of what fact, about Roger? What's Roger up to? Roger Powell is working for uh, Electronic Arts, and not the uh, sports, not EA Sports, but EA, and uh, you know, software and doing some things for them. And he actually, you know, toured with Todd for the first few A Wizard of True Star shows, and then uh, Ralph, of course, took over. And we got Ralph on hold, by the way. So okay. um, get him on. We're gonna get, get Ralph on. Yeah, no doubt about it. Let's, uh, Keith. Uh, I'll be right back with you. Let's get uh, Mr. Shuckett on. Mr. Shuckett, you with us? I'm with you. What's Ralphie. Happening? Hi, Ralph. How you doing? Hey, guys. Ralphie. Ralph. <laughs> All right, Ralph, talk for a while. Kevin and I have been we've been talking for a while. you got to take over for a little while. Okay, well, you guys can't listen because I'm going to just talk. I'm, like, going to talk some shit about you guys. Okay, uh, that's cool. We're, we're good with that. We're good with that. <laughs> so, yeah, hi, guys. Um, how how you been? I'm well. I'm 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 feeling good. Um, Ralph, you know. you're looking forward to going over to the East Coast, aren't you? Oh, sure, totally. I mean, I'm looking forward to playing with these guys again. And and uh, you know, I, even before uh, we had a, a concert planned, um, you know, I've been talking to Moogie, and 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 I was going to just come in and and hang out with him for a while too, you know, for a few days. So. Um, that's going to be a nice thing because we haven't. I haven't seen him in, God, you know, many, many years. Um, and uh, you know, it's a sad situation um, that's getting us together. It's very sad, um, but on the other hand, um, it's a good thing that we're getting together, and hopefully, we'll, hopefully, we'll be competent enough to make some decent music. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's a sad thing, but I think um, my attitude is, and every time I talk to Mugi, my attitude is I'm totally up and totally positive all the time. And sometimes yeah. he says, he, sometimes, you know, he doesn't always like that. And I, and then I have to say, well, look, I'm, I'm just being positive, you know. But but I, I think that's the – I can't imagine any other way to be about it, you know. I yeah. mean, understanding and, and uh, sympathetic and stuff, but – Always up, always positive. You know, I mean, I, th- this guy is, you know, he's going to fight his way through this thing best he can. I know it. So yeah, I think for me the, you know, uh, it, in retrospect with the wisdom of old age and everything, I think the, the and Ralph time... is the oldest of us. <laughs> I'm make sure you know that. <laughs> but I'm also the most emotionally immature. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, when I look back on all the different projects I've been vo- involved in and people I've toured with and recorded with and stuff, I think you know the Moogie and the Rhythm Kings and the First Utopia are by far the best best musical experiences I've had. Um, I would agree, without a doubt. And um, um, you know, it was a it was just a, a time in all of our lives when we were when we were. Um, just kind of coming into our own, you know, and and when we were sort of feeling uh, um, becoming sort of real professionals, and and uh, we were all in a, at a real creative peak, and and we all had a lot of fun together. We we liked hanging out, and we joked around, and we had a lot of laughs, and um, it was just a very fresh, inspired time for all of us. And the truth is that um, without Moogie, none of this would have happened. Um, Absolutely true. 
Totally and, true. Uh, and Moogie is is a, I mean, just the fact that this concert is happening is evidence of this. But he's um, he's a guy, you know, he's a stubborn guy, and he's got a lot of um, drive, and he's got a lot of uh, creativity, and he's got a, a, a true love and respect for music and musicians, and that's what he's all about. And um, you know, there's a lot of people who would be in his uh, situation that just would say, "Oh, why bother?" You know, and um, but this is like something that he really wants to do, and despite the fact that he's you know ill and weak and and you know must be going through a lot of um, you know spiritual uh, self questioning and evaluation and you know a lot of deep thoughts. Um, he wants to make this. He wants to make this happen, and he has made it happen. And um, it's very inspiring to me because, um, um, you know, those are the kind of people who make things happen. Those are the people that build the highways and that you know start the schools and and uh, you know the pioneers and the people who, no matter what the um, no matter what the the drawbacks or the or the no matter how unpleasant something might be or how difficult it might be people have a vision and they make it happen and they go through all the bs that it takes to make it happen um and that's um you know that's an amazing thing and i think we're all really lucky to have somebody around who who does that kind of stuff yeah i think i i think uh, ralph is absolutely right i think the other thing to remember about moogie is that uh, Moogie really was, and, and we've talked about this before, Moogie re- was really the clearinghouse for pretty much everything that was taking place in our circle of, of musicians uh, in New York in the early 70s. I mean, everything pretty much flowed through Moogie. And, and uh, I mean, we would have never met Todd if it wasn't for Moogie. I would have never played with Hall & Oates if it wasn't for Moogie. Ralph would have never We would have never met each other, Reed. actually. Ralph and I would have never, we probably would have been better off, Ralph. Uh, but um but and i would have never met buzzy so i would have never met kevin and 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 actually moogie and i were talking about that sort of six degrees of separation he brought it up in in uh on the phone the other day and and it's really true it was really you know from everybody i mean i you know i played on a rick derringer album i met rick derringer through moogie you know i mean it just it can go on and on like that and and uh and I, I think Ralph would agree. I think all the guys would agree uh, that it was really it was really Moogie who who put all that stuff together. He was the straw that stirred the drink, as Reggie Jackson said once. Yeah. yeah. yeah one of the things. Hey, what, he, the, the guy really knows how to write a song. And uh, in reference to Sons of 1984, uh, by now everyone in that audience uh, in January. Uh, if they don't know the words, they better know the words by now. <laughs> I, I was wondering, I keep hearing about uh, when you guys recorded it live at the Woolman Rink, uh, right. that you guys had to teach the audience the song. And and I've never gotten a real straight answer. Did did you guys print out words for people yeah. and go Todd through did. the song a few Todd. times? How did that work? Don't, don't forget, it was a Todd album. So yeah. we were we were back. Todd asked us to back him up, and we played a little concert there. And, and John and Daryl were there, and Googie was there, and we all played. And I guess Siomas played drums on that on that date. Ralph, did Siomas play? I, I can't I remember to tell you the truth. Kevin, did you play? 
Yeah, I played the Central Park concert. Oh, no, no, the Sunday 1984 thing when we recorded the vocals with the with the crowd that's, in the daytime. Oh, yeah, great. So uh, Todd printed up the words, and Todd taught them the song. He stood okay. there, and he taught them how to sing it. You know, we were just playing. We were just doing the track. You know, it was all about, it was Todd's thing. You know, and and uh, and then he went out to uh, San Francisco and he did it on a much smaller basis with a smaller group, uh, and he recorded them. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I mean, I guess there was maybe how many guys? How many, Kevin? How many people do you think were there when we? You know, eight hundred, a thousand, something like that. Yeah, I think about a thousand people. Yeah, and then I think maybe about half as many out in San Francisco. And Todd didn't have a whole band; he just recorded them, and then he put the whole thing together. And yeah, he distributed. You know, he, he, he everybody had the lyrics in front of him. I see. He, he gave, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was a fun day. Guys. That was a really fun day. Uh, Sons of 1984, great song. Hey, guys, we got, uh, I believe, Moogie on the line with us. Moogie, what's up? How are you, my friends? There he hey, is. Hey, no, hey. I've been hey. the icon down the freak parade path, looking <laughs> into the future, and I sense, I sense through the utopian salutations of hope and prayer, <laughs> the utopian coming together, of the original utopian soldiers, the truth, <laughs> justice, and the American way, right, lads? <laughs> Got it. Look, I knew if we, we said enough really great things about you, you'd, we'd get you on. We're going to be at the top of our game once we hit that stage on January 29th, oh, lads. <laughs> that to be back into the arms of my utopian brotherhood. I can't <laughs> tell you. I cannot tell you what it means to me. To be once again with our fearless leader, Todd Rundgren. Yes, yes, we were going to come together without him because we thought, oh, my God. Oh, my God, it would be impossible for Todd to join us. Would Todd really do it? And then, oh, my God, he did it. He said he's joining us. He can't resist the utopian brotherhood. All the old guys back together again. The movie night. Tell us how that conversation went between you and Todd. Well, he, uh... Uh, we haven't spoken oh. in about 30 years, and uh, things that didn't end well for us. We we got into some legal chicanery uh, about 30 years ago. Uh, um, you know, that's so distant, so far that it just all melted into the past. And and I had just heard rumors from various people over the years that 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 perhaps Todd wasn't feeling fondly of me and uh, I decided when this Iridium show came up and it was going to be a small room and Todd couldn't get out of the room without greeting his fans I said this is the concert I'm going to so I think it was about two weeks ago uh, almost tonight I think two weeks ago on a Monday night um, that I went to the Iridium to see Todd do a jazz show which is is great because I love jazz and um I met up with, uh, you know, Jesse Grease and Mary Lou, and and Doug was there. I mean, the whole Rundgren family was there, and everyone greeted me warmly. And I made my way uh, backstage, and there was a big party going on after the show backstage. And uh, there was Todd, and I didn't know what he was going to do, and I just walked up to him, and he said, Mark, I thought you were going to be sitting in tonight. What happened? Now, those words wow. stunned me. Because not only was he friendly, but he was expecting me to sit in, and I hadn't done it because I hadn't known anything about it. So uh, he was just friendly from from the moment I greeted him and smiling, and 
it's like uh, we were still playing together 35 years ago. It was it was like the good old days, and uh, I was truly grateful from for the from the warm response. And we talked for a little bit, and then I decided to bring up the question: Look, Todd, I'm sitting together with Kevin and Ralph and John. Is there any way you join us in this reunion? And he said, Yes, I'll be happy to do it. If we can work out the date, I will be there. And we worked out the date. And now he's going to be there. That's fantastic. There you go. So, look, you sound good, man. You sound good. Well, that's my job. My job is to sound good, no matter how I'm feeling. <laughs> well, I, I try to job. sound good. I, I am, you know, I, and, and um, I'm, I'm feeling good knowing this thing is coming up, uh, and that we finally worked everything out. And since since last night, on the weekend. Since last night, uh, uh, it's now become solid. They put the tickets up for sale at the uh, Highline Ballroom website, and I think people better grab them while there's still tickets to be had because, I mean, I've gotten several calls from people across the country that are flying in to see the show. I can't believe people are flying in. Oh, yeah, I have a couple of friends. Out of the country going to the show. we got somebody coming in from Japan, Scotland. Wow, wow. That's a big deal, man. You did good. Yeah, and uh, John and Ralph told us you guys were going to do a full 30-minute icon. Is that right? No. Who told you that? (laughs) Who said that? (laughs) No, we did. Who said we're going to do a 30-minute icon? John and uh, Ralph never said that. No, no. He's pulling your leg. Pulling your leg. Uh, Cut it out. I'm just kidding. (laughs) It'll be 45 minutes. What, What are you talking about, man? (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm It'll take us about, an hour to play it. <laughs> By the way, how does that go? Outside of the Beatles, <laughs> and it's too late for that one. But uh, we'll have to take that no one breaks thought between. something was going to happen, and now it is going to happen, and it, it's a stunner because uh, we were so close. We were so close. Ralph and John and I uh, were in a group called Moogie and the Rhythm Kings, and we just bonded, and that morphed into Utopia with Todd, and um, these guys were my whole world for years, and it's it's been tough these last three decades not hanging out with them. <laughs> but somehow we well, we're, back, but we're back. We're back. <laughs> there you go. We're back. <laughs> uh, uh, and and it's it's really wild to be talking on the phone with John Siegler again, like after uh, I mean three decades. In fact, I just saw John Siegler. Um, for the first time in, in 25 Saturday years when no, I went no, to his show in the fall, right? With his, he has right. a great band. What's the name of the band, end. John? What's the name of that group band you play with? Martez. That's a bitter end. Martez, yeah. Like, and and um, I I couldn't really recognize, you know, it had been uh, almost three decades. Don't hear. And, and, and then once he, he got up there on that bass and he started doing those expressions and funny faces and, <laughs> of course, he always used to do. I said that can't be anybody else but John Seabrook. <laughs> and I said, the man is back, you know. And he, and he when I started making all those mistakes dance. and uh, all mistakes, and... it was flawless. And you had the crowd going wild. It was just a beautiful night at the bitter end. <laughs> well, and we saw each other Saturday night also. All right, yeah, yeah. We finally came down to catch one of my shows, of course. Okay, I'm going to get trouble now. No, no, at least, at least, you, at least it, you made up for it by buying me a red wine. 
<laughs> Brother, when they buy you a red wine, it can't be all bad, right? <laughs> can't be all bad, yeah. You know, like, uh, this is, uh, a Utopia Reunion is only one of my money-making schemes. My other money-making scheme is this. Now, I want, I want, now, you know about red wine. So I wanted to combine the fanciest alcohol with the cheapest. So champagne with Ripple. Now, Ripple's the cheapest red wine you used to be able to buy. And if, if this Utopia reunion wasn't going to happen, I was going to combine these two drinks and make a drink called Sham Pipple. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to sell Sham Pipple for the rest of my life. But no, no, now I'm doing the Utopia reunion. I think, I think you made it. It was a good choice. <laughs> yes, yes. These are just the jokes, folks. These are just the jokes. Um, and and the music is healing. Uh, I just did a show Saturday night, uh, and it was a two-hour show. I've been doing these shows in my hood uh, at this place, the PNG, by once a month with my band, the Peaceniks. And we get up there and we rip it rip it out for about two hours. And there's nothing more healing than music, you know. Like uh, doctors and hospitals, they've been giving me all kinds of operations and medications and chemos and radiations and nothing nothing heals me nothing make me makes me feel better than playing music folks yeah. if you're not playing music time to learn how because it is some healing stuff and listening to music is healing so we're going to be healing ourselves when we play and we're going to heal that audience on january 29th because uh this music stuff is healing i think Todd once made an album called The Healer, right? Hmm? Well, now we're all going to be healers. Uh, and it's going to be great to be... Kevin and I had a band together about 10 years ago called Freak Parade. We did some of the old Utopia stuff. Uh, yeah, put out an now. album. You could buy it at Moogie Music. Uh, I've been listening to it a lot. The Freak Parade album, because that's a lot of the songs we're going to be doing. And... Um, so we've kind of kept up over the years, and, and now that Ralph and John are back, folks, it's going to be a one-time experience that you can't miss, you know. It's great to have these guys getting, back in my life. I'm life. getting tears, Mug. Look. Uh, yes? I'm a Ralph, ram. I'm a ram, Mug. I'm a ram. <laughs> <laughs> Get Ralphie on vocals, man. I'm a ram. All right, man. John, John's referring to an old Woody and the Rhythm King song. He he doesn't think he's an animal, folks. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. It's just hard to believe this thing is happening, but it's too late. It's happening. Uh, we're being advertised people are scooping up the ticks, and um, it's going to be a big night. It's great to hear everyone's voices. Well, I guess Mogi and Kevin and John, since you guys are all near each other geographically, uh, you guys could conceivably get together and and rehearse this stuff. Wait for, a second. Why We're doing a good thing by practicing. Hey, now. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course. Yeah, we'll be getting together soon, just not, not real soon. <laughs> thinking next week, you know, thinking next week. Now. <laughs> Once you get together on the 29th, it's all good in January. Yeah, we're going to be we're going to be doing some hardcore rehearsing and shedding and and all that stuff, getting some kind of rock and roll boot camp and uh, be getting back into into shape because we're blocked out from seven thirty to ten and I do believe we will be playing for those two and a half hours solid. Mm. 
Wow. Well, well, Moogie, yeah. give us a little, uh, we got a little bit of a hand of what's going on with some of the songs you guys going to do, some Freak Parade, I think, and maybe uh, some some uh, stuff like uh, Ladyface, maybe? Um, uh, I got the, I got it out to Todd. I haven't had him finalize any set lists to me yet, but we'll love to do for, uh, Ladyface and definitely Freak Parade. That's uh song John and I wrote that Todd put the lyrics on and sang, and of course, the Utopia theme and a lot of uh, segments of the Icon. Not the full 30, though, but we will be doing a uh, definite, a really cool abridged version. Not a mini version, but but a fairly respectable version of the Icon, I'm sure. Um, you know, we have those songs like Freedom Fighters. I don't know where we'd, we'd like to see us do that. And then a lot of the songs on the second album, Kevin... Didn't make it for the second album, but the rest of us didn't. Kevin's going to be learning all those second album songs. Right <laughs> <I'm sure. laughs> <laughs> Got to start practicing. Uh, mm-hmm. Dust in the Wind. Dust in the yeah. Wind is a uh, song I like that. for Todd. I'm sure we'll be doing that one. And I'd like Todd to do the duet with me that we recorded on my first album, uh, which is Crying in the Sunshine. Um, mm-hmm. Ralph used to sing that one with me live with the, the Rhythm Kings. Uh, Let's see, uh, a lot of the second album stuff uh, I'd like to see us do, like Seven Rays and mm-hmm. Another Life. Uh, oh, please. Yeah, give me some Seven Rays. What about that yeah. song that you wrote with Todd, um, Clown and Stranger? Did... A stranger. Yes, uh, yeah, that yeah. would be great fun to do. And I'd like to do my song, uh, You Gotta Have Friends. Yeah. Nothing proves that more true than this reunion. It definitely yeah, that's a good idea. Friends. Let's do that. Good idea. Think, Maybe yeah, speaking of that, are you, are you inviting folks like Bette Miller to this thing? Some other people you've been involved with? I mean, that would be probably uh, thousands like of people. Yeah, yeah, I will. I will invite it, and yeah. uh, I will invite a few other uh, people. And uh, um, I'm sure the, uh, the rest of the band will do the same. Yeah, I'm gonna try to try to get some folks out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, maybe John should invite Hall and Oates down. I mean, they could sing background yeah. on Dust in the Wind <laughs> the way they did when we were out there with Todd. You know. Oh, back to the bars with Miggy, yeah, cool. Oh, right, that's right. Uh, Stevie yeah. Nicks hanging back to the bars. Yeah, not uh, that we need that or anybody there. As long as you guys are up there playing, it's all good. I, I think it will be good enough if, if we're just all on stage doing this thing. That's all we need. I, I'd yep. like to see yeah, Kazan and Sultan join us for at least some of it. Mm, yeah, Kazan. Yeah, I think sure. I, I, you know, because we need his sweet uh, harmonic sound. Uh, those, Has anybody those spoken to like, him? Uh, I, I, I today, and he's, he wants to be in on it. He wants in. Oh, he does. Good. Yep. All right. But uh, Stigler plays on all the uh, the first two album songs. I mean, Kazan can play keys. He can play guitar. He can sing harmony. But uh, Johnny's saying, and then if we oh, we got to do Kazan's head, if he's in on it, we got set me free. Uh, that was uh, oh, uh, the top charting of all Utopia singles. Uh, yeah, is what I've heard. Uh, yes, that's true. Uh, that's and, that. Uh, yeah, it would be great to great to have Kazim up there on the stage with us. Um, we could use his help, I'll tell you. And we, we could, could use uh, somebody Hopefully, as, for sure. as as uh, fountain of youth as Kazim, because uh, I don't think Kazim's holding his age today in 30 years, man. You know, like, <laughs> I don't know what fountain of youth he's drinking from, but uh, he he looks young and young and handsome. And Mookie, he's I think that's the point. He's not drinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he and he and he uh, eats right and stuff. Yeah, uh, he's doing something right. Cause, uh, <laughs> it would be great to see him. 
you know, I just had a thought. I was I'm going to try and get a hold of uh, David Lasley because um, um, he was one of our background singers for a couple of tours, I guess. And, and Arnold. And Arnold, right? And Arnold, Arnold, yeah. David and Arnold. And Luther, unfortunately. Arnold McCuller. And Luther, Luther Vandross, but he's he's unfortunately passed. But yeah, I have pictures of Luther sleeping on the bus. <laughs> I I did a gig a few years ago at a club uh, with my band, and David Lasley came in, and he was watching the show. And when I was able to notice him in the audience, I was just thrilled to have him there. And I invited him to come up and sing with me on "You Gotta Have Friends." And and he came up on stage and. Uh, uh, reluctantly, I must add, and we went into You Gotta Have Friends, and I sang my verses and choruses. Oh, you gotta have friends. And I turned to Dave and I said, Dave, sing it. And he went, you gotta have, and, and he was having a bad day, a little bit hoarse. And uh, he jumped off the stage and ran out of the club. Really? <laughs> 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 I thought, oh, my God. <laughs> you got really, like, frantic, and, and I'll tell you, he you know, but, jumped off the know, stage and he ran right to the exit door. He's a very unusual guy, you know, and he's he's also he's really a shy guy. I mean, you know, I I, know I, 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 out with him and I, I did a tour with him and he's 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 uh he's an unusual person. <laughs> he's uh, not he, the kind of guy that jumps up on stage, I don't think. Right, and uh, now I know that, but but he, he <laughs> was solid the bottom for James Taylor for thirty years, right, him and Arnold. Right, so I guess he's got some uh yeah. Yeah, well, he's, he's he's very he's got high standards and he especially um, is especially hard on himself. He's a real perfectionist, and okay. so like he'll sing, <clears throat> he'll do he would do a session for you, and everybody in the booth is is just you know creaming and just going, oh my god, this is so great, and and then he'll come in and he'll say, uh, oh god, I screwed up on that. One note, I, I sang flat, and everybody says, well, w- w- everyone listens to it, and it sounds totally fine, and everyone is just raving about his performance, and he's depressed because he thought he sang flat on one note, you know. He is a perfectionist. and, and yeah. uh, The kind of guy he is. Yeah. I, like, I like how Ralph came out with that statement right after I said Dave Lasley ran from the stage and out the club, and I... Ask him to sit in. And Ralph said, well, he's got very yeah, high standards. Yeah, he's a perfectionist. No, no, you said, you, what you said was, well, you know, Dave has very high standards. <laughs> no, 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 but I didn't mean, I meant. Uh, I know, I know. I was going to get a joke. Applied to himself. You know, I like, know, I know. Yeah. This I is know. the kind yeah. of conversation, this is the kind of conversation that we used to have, like, at 3 in the morning at David's Potbelly in the village after we jammed all night, and, and and then we all went out to dinner afterwards, and this is exactly the kind of conversation that we would have, where you right. just go around like this, and Moogie would say this, and then Ralph would say that, and, and this is, it's as if nothing ever changed. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, everyone sounds good. I'm sure we're all drooling a lot more than we used to, but outside of that... <laughs> Hey Moogie, Moogie, there's um a lot of people that are just begging for this to be put on the internet on video on demand. Yeah, Chris Anderson uh, called me and and he wants to uh, do a a live webcast of this 
So I'm sure we'll work it out with him. And I'm sure Highline is down for it. So I'm yeah, that's sure great. I mean, he does a great job. We've, we've done several, um, you know, shows for Todd, and he does a really nice job. So this people is would great. Like, you know, I, I love make... to do a no-pressure gig. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's always good. You can have a sold-out show with video and then and don't, a lifetime deal. Live no pressure. on the Internet. Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> oh, well. We yeah. used to go to Taste of Tokyo, too. Remember that, guys? Yeah, Taste of Tokyo closed. Yeah. Wow. No, I, I don't remember that place. I, I feel guilty for not remembering it. but It was uh, a little place on, I think, 12th Street, Ralph, off of 6th Avenue. Yeah, we yeah, used to go there. Yeah, a bell. Sionists liked it a lot, and, and we get yeah. all Japanese food, and the you know they bring out the trays with the five different areas to put your food. And Sionists would always give us the history of the, the, the Japanese food, and that was our drummer John Sionists, uh, who just missed joining Utopia with us because he decided to join Peter Frampton and Frampton's Camel, and he became the drummer of, of the decade, really, the rock drummer in. Uh, Frampton Comes Alive, uh, all those uh, Peter Frampton records and concerts during the 70s. It was uh, the movie and the rhythm came from John Sionis. Uh, that's when Kevin stepped in and saved our butts by joining Utopia with us. <laughs> our hey, good fortune was we got Kevin. I want yeah. to ask Kevin, because Kevin and I had a conversation, I don't know, a couple of years ago, and I guess, Kev, you were like uh, one of the moderators on a um, on a on a talk show having on having to do with um, business and finance, and you told me I don't remember the details of this, but you told me that um, Todd uh, was a guest on the show and that you sat in with him and that you did the icon. Was that what it was? Yeah. Well, I and, was a, I was a commentator on CNBC, and one of the producers heard that I had been in the Todd band. So first I had a contest on air for about a week to see who could guess which of the commentators was formerly a drummer with Utopia. Uh-huh. And then the, uh, that day, Todd came on and talked about how he was doing uh, music on the Internet. He was one of the first guys to have music on the Internet. Uh-huh. And I was talking about, you know, career changing and giving advice. And uh-huh. then he played a song with uh, Chasm and one, of, and one of the guys. And then uh, we, jam- we did play the icon on, uh, on air. And you 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 didn't expect it, right? Like you, there was no rehearsal, there was no talk about it beforehand, no right? No rehearsal, no talk. I didn't even know what we were playing until he counted it off. <laughs> Jesus. Well, I hope that doesn't happen to us on January 29th. <laughs> and I had, so, I had a heart attack. <laughs> is there is there like a videotape somewhere of that? Show? I actually have I have the videotape. If you want me to, oh I'll my God, it there's a lot of fans now that are salivating. I do have the video tape. <laughs> Are you on YouTube? I, I haven't put it up there, but I will. And then I think Moogie saw that show, and he called me about a week later and said, let's together, let's get together and play. So we got together and, and did the free parade thing for a while. Yeah, we had a band together. It was a great, was a great uh, catalyst for things. And now, and now we're back. You know, um, I want to thank Doug, because some people have been going to my website and, and buying some of my CDs. I just put up the Moogie and the Rhythm Kings album, Utopian Dreams. Uh, and this is thanks to John Seeker, who several years ago sent me some uh, quarter-track tapes, quarter-inch tapes. And um, this was of a live radio concert at WLAR, uh, Long Island, of Moogie and the Rhythm Kings. 
and it's just a great sounding concert, great sounding audio. Yeah, really well recorded. Yeah, and and yeah. and uh, it has us doing. I'm a, a lot of material there. The it's it's a full eighty minutes of music and uh, some conversations, some pretty uh, funny comments going on between the songs, um, and um, it's really uh, right before we joined Utopia, and, and if if people are interested, they could go to the Moogie Music website, moogiemusic.com, and check out Utopian Dreams, Moogie and the Rhythm Kings with Ralph Shuckett, John Seeker, Moogie Klingman, and John Siomas was our drummer. Uh, it's, it's just it's, it's some beautiful music. And, and as I listen to it, uh, I understand more and more just how down we were. We were just such down dudes. We were together all the time. Uh, we were crashing at each other's pads, and we were touring, and, and we, we had a heck of a time because we were an unknown band, and we just it was just tough out there. In fact, Todd was having an equally tough time with his first Utopia. Uh, not us, uh, but uh, Tony and Hunt Sales and uh, David Mason, the piano player, uh, were going out, and people were not liking what they were doing. And and we went out with Moogie and the Rhythm Kings, and we were having a tough time connecting with the audience. We were an unknown entity. Uh, and then we came together with Todd after all this really failure on, on the road with these acts, and overnight we turned into this the, one of the big powerhouse rock acts of the 70s, just bap. Just we were loved immediately by everyone. It was Yeah, quite we got kind of spoiled. <laughs> What's that? Well, no, no, I just said we got, spoiled. in a way, we got kind of spoiled because, you know, we kind of had the best, you know, we, we always, um, our audiences were so faithful and so appreciative and, um, um, you know, that that um, a lot of experiences that came after that um, you know, we had, you know, in my case anyway, I mean, I had to like really work my ass off to get anyone to even pay attention, you know, but with, um, Utopia, people were just so appreciative and the feedback was so good, you know, that, um, I always we have the, the magical cool thing. chemistry. Huh? We have the magical I, I, chemistry, you know? Yeah, yeah. There was definitely a chemistry, but I also thought the really cool thing about that band was that, Basically, and and this is to Todd's credit, basically anything we could think of to play, we got to play and we got to record and we got to play it on stage and people liked it. And we were just coming up with just, I mean, you know, listen to the records. The stuff we were coming up with was, you know, pretty interesting stuff. And whatever we could think of playing, it just went out there. It was great. I mean, Nobody ever was, said anything about a hit single and... Radio. I, I think some record company people might have said some things <laughs> here and there. Yeah, I remember right. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it wasn't even. It was. Um, it. it I, I guess we thought about that kind of stuff, but it sort of never. It never came up when we were working on the music. We just were so into yeah. the music. That's all we right. thought about, and we were and lucky Todd, in that respect because, um, you know. I, I think new bands nowadays don't have that kind of freedom. Uh, I mean, they might. I shouldn't say, I shouldn't make a blanket statement, but I mean, 
um, you know, now everything is all about marketing and how can you market yourself and what's your image going to be and you got to have your mailing list and your, you know, your um, your online presence and, you know, all these, you have to really be a marketing genius kind of to to get something going with your band nowadays uh, before anyone will really pay attention to you and and we didn't have to worry about that kind of stuff. Well, don't forget, Todd had some big, big hits. That yeah. helped a lot of stuff, you know. That did help a lot. Of, yeah, it did. I'd, I'd say it helped, yeah. Yeah. But, but when, you know, he didn't really, he never thought about, when he wrote those no, songs. No, I don't think Todd cared. I don't think, I don't he, think he thought, he wow, this is going to be a hit, because none no. of his hits were at all orthodox, like, in their form and in the, you know, the, they didn't have the typical um, predictable chorus. And, you know, they weren't like... Um, they weren't crafted in order to be hits. They were just good songs. But right. I doubt if, I mean, I never actually talked to him about it, but I doubt if he said, okay, I'm going to write a hit now. You know, I think he just, you know, he'd just write and then the record company would pick something. Yeah, I agree with that. I think one of the great things about that, that band is that, although there were, you know, obviously very structured tunes in many respects, we were able to stretch out and really experiment and come up with, you know, new ways to play, which were, you know, a lot of the work. A lot of the work really well. And everyone's ideas were um, respected. And, um, you know, Todd basically, would, what he would do is try and, um, if anything sounded like something you'd heard too much before, he would say, well, let's fuck it up somehow, you know. And um, he would he would think of some kind of unpredictable thing to do with it so that um, it didn't sound uh, like he'd heard it before, or like it was cliched. Plus, he came up with vocals for yeah, um, and for lyrics. stuff. You know, we never we never really put any vocals into it. Todd always, like in uh, Freak Parade, you know, we had that section, and one day we walked in there and Todd had put the vocals on there, and it was like amazing sounding. It was amazing. I was amazed when I heard that. Yeah. Yeah, every his melodies and lyrics, all his lyrics. You know, I'm I'm a real kind of lyric. I I pay a lot of attention to lyrics, and I'm pretty opinionated. And um, you can't, well, I can't anyway. Really fault um, Todd for any of his lyrics, either the way they were, either just from a craft point of view, and also from uh, what they're saying and what their, um, you know, what their intent is. It's just so cool and so, um, uh, I don't know. Anyway, I feel like every time I talk, it gets really quiet. <laughs> People are listening to you. Oh, we're we're interested that's your biggest you mistake. Say, man. Huh? We're interested in what you're having to say, and also, what are you ordering? What are you, what are you going to order for dinner? Because it's getting late. I don't know. I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm actually pretty hungry. Um <laughs> You know, we got Chinese food. Are you guys at David's Potbelly? Are you guys at David's Potbelly, John Siegler? I remember that. When you said, it's getting late, what are you going to order for dinner? Was that trying to recreate David's Potbelly with more? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it was, Mug. It was a little, maybe it wasn't solid enough. Right, because for a second there, I thought you guys were both on the same coast. No. <laughs> yeah. We're not even no. on the same page, let alone. No, the same we're page. trying to be on the same. Hey, do you guys 
Do you guys remember, um, I'm sure you do in some way or another, and probably a lot of it you can't really talk about on the show, but do you guys remember Santa Fe? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. Who, who could forget it? Yeah, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> Wait a minute! Wait a minute! What, what, let's hear some Santa Fe. You don't, you don't remember anything about that, <laughs> Kevin? Is, is that what you said? I take the fifth. Okay. Because <laughs> well, you were the designated driver, and you were like, <laughs> you were like really we were the amazing. Designated walkers, Ralph. What? <laughs> no, no, no! It wasn't like a you know, it wasn't like a debauchery sex thing. So at least <laughs> you know, it, it was just a. What would you call it? It was a um, it was a spiritual exploration that something uh, like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, Mug, <laughs> what do you say, Ken? Well, uh, uh, Ralph, do you remember the very first recording session we did? This is just a twenty question question. Do you remember the first recording session we did together? You and me? Yeah, yeah, that's a question. I remember, but do you remember? Oh God, I it don't know. It was very uh, funny when you walked in on the session. It was, it was very, something extremely humorous, and that was the first time we ever went to a recording studio together. Was that when I brought that guy in, That the guy that I'd spoken to on the phone or something who was a singer, and he was really, ended up being like a really weird guy? And Well, I'll give no. you one hint. It wasn't on the East Coast. Oh, yeah, recording. of course. Yeah, I remember the James Cotton record. Right. You you walked with... We had like Michael Bloomfield and Johnny Winter in the room with Todd Rundgren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just the biggest all-star session, and it was getting really confusing. There were like a ton of people there. Richie Haywood from Little Feet on drums. Uh, yeah, I, I was on that. the keys trying to conduct, and all of a sudden, we were waiting and waiting, and Ralph Shuckett walks in with an accordion. You know, the most and the whole place came alive. That's what happened, and then we were <laughs> able to start doing takes of the Georgia Swing. For the James Cotton album, and, and and that's that's my huge memory of the first time in the studio. Ralph Sheckett walking into this all-star, but very confusing session with his accordion, saying, "I'm ready to play." You know, I, I I hadn't even ever heard Ralph play accordion. Maybe he's never played accordion since that session. I don't know. Have you? <laughs> well, yeah, I played with Utopia. You know, on the um... Ralph, do you have an accordion? I still have the same accordion, yeah. Well, break it because we we got to do the wheel, so you got to bring your accordion. Yeah. Oh, we're going to do the wheel. I, I remember that wheel. night yeah. really well because because um, I had to give Mike Bloomfield a ride to the airport because he was late for a plane, and um, it, you know I'd been a, an admirer of his for a long time because I was a big Paul Butterfield fan and I was a big blues fan and stuff and and um, and um, you know what I'm saying. Sorry? And a big Dylan fan. He played greatly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he played on all the Dylan records and everything. On like a Rolling Stone and Maggie's Farm. Yeah. And so he was just on TV the other night. That that Scorsese Dylan movie was on the TV the other night. Bluefield's all over it. Which movie is that? Oh. The Scorsese made that that, uh, movie about Dylan. Oh, it's great, man. You've got to see it. And and uh, uh, Al Cooper and uh, and Mike Bloomfield are all over that movie, and then it turns yeah. into the band after that, uh, Robbie Robertson and those guys. Yeah, um, those guys are. Uh, I, I watched the whole thing the other night. It was great. Those guys it was really are, great. They were funny guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was really interesting become, people. I was lucky enough to become friends with Bloomfield and get to hang out with him a fair amount. 
he was just uh, the, the the craziest, funniest, most open, uh, you know, really star guitar personality going. Yeah. You could sit with him and he would just tell you stories for hours. Yeah. And I'm sure taking him to the airport must have been a trip. Yeah, I, I probably don't want to talk about it on the air, but um, okay. he told me some interesting stuff that gave me a lot of insight into uh, yeah. him. And hey, Mo, you knew Al Cooper, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, we all played with Al Cooper, and, and I did an album with him. For I was I was on the third Super Session album, uh, the one with Al Cooper, me and Shuggy Otis. Right, so, Shuggy uh, Otis. Yeah. yeah, I had a, I was in his band for a little bit, and then did that album with him. Which was, you know, to get on a super session album, man, that was fun. That was fun to work yeah. with Al. Those were legendary but, records. What was the rhythm section on that album? Uh, Wells Kelly on drums and Stu Woods on bass. Wow. I brought in the rhythm section for, for Al at that time. I would be bringing in the rhythm section for everybody I worked with in those days, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, what, what did John you ever talk to Stu Woods? I do. I had a band with him about two years ago with Tommy Cosgrove. We did some really? weathering gigs together. Okay. Yeah. Wow. We did we did some weathering regrouping, and Stu was playing bass with me for a while. Wow. Kidding. Wow. No, yeah. Stu, was, uh, but Stu was my bass playing hero in those days. Yep, and he's still playing. And you know, he's playing upright now in a big band, so he's still wow. out. Wow. 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 It up. Ralph and I, I did a lot of stuff with Wells. Oh, but yeah. Wells, the way Wells, that about Wells. Yeah. Uh, guy working with Meatloaf, huh? I was just thinking that we're sitting here schmoozing like typical way we schmooze. You know, and like, Doug and Mel are like the air by sleep, now. We could be completely off the air and the, no, <laughs> nobody's there anymore. They just let, they just have a connection going and, and, and they've taken us off the air because we're just sitting here shooting the shit. How can I possibly interrupt you guys? This That's because we want you to talk about Santa Fe. The first time I ever saw Ralph Shuckett uh, made this huge impression on me, and in my mind, he was just this gigantic star force. And that was, I was old friends with Joel O'Brien and Danny Korchmar and James Taylor. When they were in the flying machine together, I would hang out with them. I was like their mascot. And, uh, when uh, Danny and uh, Joel O'Brien Bishop formed a band called Joe Mama with Ralph, um, I would I would go, in, and I was in L.A. with Todd, I would go and see them rehearse. But they did this tour with James Taylor and Carol King. And in the middle of this set, uh, James Taylor would introduce Ralph, and Ralph would come out and play organ on, uh, like uh, Day Palm Bomb. Uh, I'm gonna, you know, uh, what's the name of his, his big blues? I'm a steamroller. I'm a steamroller. Steam steamroller, steam yeah. would come out and he would play this gigantic organ solo and he would just be dancing at the keyboard and it totally <laughs> blew me away. And then they would do Chili Dog and James would talk about how Ralph got him the right Chili Dog. Uh, it was based on a Ralph Shuckett suggestion. Let's go get a chili dog. And then Ralph would back up Carol King. She came out. And then Ralph did the Tapestry album playing keyboards with Carol King. So, so Ralph was like one of my idols of the keyboards and just this charismatic stage presence. And and some one day I just called him up from New York. I said, Ralph, I'd like to have you come and join my band. And he said, well, Joe Mama just broke up and I'm not doing anything. 
yes, I'll fly out to New York and crash on your couch, and I will join your band. And and and, and that's how Woogie uh, and the Rhythm Kings got started. Ralph flying out, sleeping on my couch till he met up with Siegler and uh, uh, Mark Rosengard. And um, I do have the video. I, I know I never mailed it to you, but uh, last year at a um, street fair, I found a bootleg of the 1970 tour with James bringing Ralph out and Ralph dancing around the keyboard. And when you do wow, get you have that, that. You, I will give you that video, my friend, of that concert. I don't even. Uh, is that how, when we played in England or something? Yeah, yeah, when you guys were in England, the BBC. Yeah. I mean, Ralph, you know, Ralph came from, you know, doing the Tapestry album with Carol King, uh, touring with James Taylor, being in this Aces band, uh, Joe Mama. And he plops himself down on my couch to join Boogie and the Rhythm Kings. I could never get over it. Ralph was never anything less than this, you know, this legendary uh, personality to me, you know. So uh, I felt blessed from day one of when he joined the Rhythm Kings to the, to the end of Utopia to be working with this guy. I'll, I'll tell you, the, one, of the high, one of the high points of a Moogie and the Rhythm Kings set was, I don't remember what song you guys did this in, but uh, the, we, we broke it down and they did a, two-man piano solo at one piano playing boogie-woogie piano, just the two of them together, and they kept knocking each other off one end of the piano stool, and the guy got knocked off would run around to the other side and pick up the high end of the keyboard, and the other guy is rocking out on the bottom, and then the next guy, then then the other guy knocked him off, and he ran back around, and the two of them would go around a couple of times, and me and uh, and uh, Siomas or Mark, who was ever playing drums, uh, and uh, I think Barada was played in that band too. Would just be standing there watching this whole thing, and the people would go nuts. And it was it was always the big sort of show point of the of the Moogie and the Rhythm Kings set. And I always loved it. So there yeah. you go, guys. Yeah, yeah. And I and I was you know Moogie. I mean, I'm just so grateful to you for in the in that part time in my life. You were such an, um, a, a supporter and and such a good friend and and you never you know being since the we both played the same instrument pretty much and everything you could have had like a attitude about me or or you could have like been competitive or um i don't know you know like that's human nature in a lot of ways and and you were always just my greatest supporter and and had nothing but positive gave me nothing but positive feedback and encouragement and you would let moogie would would force me to sing you know he'd say like oh man you got to sing this song you got a great voice and i'd say nah it's okay you sing it and he'd say no you're singing it and uh, you can do it and then and and then i would end up singing the song and people would like it and i guess it sounded okay but um the motto of our band was was always from that kind of situation was always you can do it um you wrote a song called you can do it and there was a song right you wrote it did you write a song about no, you it? Wrote it. You wrote it i wrote it you can do it falsetto chorus I don't think we ever anything happened with it, but you did write it. I don't remember it. Did we? I don't did we remember play it? it, but that's the other thing which everybody should know is, which is that Moogie's a a, a a rock and roll and music historian, and Moogie always recorded on a Walkman or something um, everything that went down in, in his loft. Um, 
So if somebody was just fooling around on a guitar, he'd sneak, he'd sneak around and get his Walkman and record it. And he's got tapes of all kinds of intimate moments of people singing and playing and jamming and writing songs and all this stuff that, you know, I, I guess in in the sort of uh, in rock history are really valuable in some way. Um, and he took the time and trouble to uh, to record all this stuff and to and to label it and catalog it and keep it, you know, and keep it in good condition, um, which is a, a really valuable thing because that's how history is is preserved. And um, and it's fun to listen to that stuff too, you know. And we are history, huh? We're history, history, baby. We're making history. Got a lot of history. history. Making more history. More yeah. history. We can also be history. Good, <laughs> um, yes. And 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 I'm going to tell you folks out there in uh, Rundgren Radio Land just just how close I was to Ralph when Moogie the Rhythm Kings broke up before Utopia. I got offered the gig of band leader for Lou Reed when he had his only top ten single, Walk on the Wild Side. And so I, I was putting together the band for the tour. And uh, I so wanted Ralph on the road with me that I hired him as second guitarist. Ralph oh, was the right. rhythm guitar player on the Lou Reed Walk on the Wild Side tour, which I was the band leader on. And he wasn't really that great of a rhythm guitarist. But <laughs> what do you I mean? <laughs> he played some keyboards on that also, though, didn't he? Uh, he, he, he got he to did play a little bit of keyboards. He got to play yeah. some. But mostly he wore a silver jacket and played rhythm guitar. It was pretty funny. <laughs> a silver <laughs> lame jacket. I remember that suit. Silver yeah, because Lou didn't like me for some reason. I mean, how could you not? But he didn't. Yeah. And yeah. um, and Moogie really saved my gig because, um, you know, Lou, Lou at the time Lou was into really really naive music and and he didn't like it if if we played too kind of professionally if the band sounded yeah. too tight or too rehearsed or too what? organized and stuff he would he, he wouldn't think we were very good but then like when some of the people would get really drunk or really stoned or you know not be able to keep it together he he thought we sounded great and he said now that's rock and roll so moogie so he, he he thought why don't why do we need two keyboards i mean there's not two keyboards on most of the songs on the album and what are we paying this guy for and moogie said well you know ralph's a great rhythm guitar player um, which I wasn't, but I do. I, <laughs> I was naive. There was a few chords right before the tour, folks. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and and, um, and he loved great. it. You know. I mean, because because you know, it, and he bought me a silver suit, and uh, you know, I remember singing, <laughs> you know, and uh, and just having a great time. You know, it was really fun. Uh, we and, went, we uh, went from Louisiana to Todd London. That was our next gig, you know. Yeah. So it was like a night and day thing to go from Lou Reed as frontman to Todd Rundgren, you know. Um, and Kevin and, and I went from Buzzy, right? Didn't Kevin Buzzy and I Linhart. go from Buzzy to Todd? Yeah. That was crazy. There you go. Wow. Hey, guys. Hey, um, look, our, our uh, two hours is up, but i got a couple options for you. Um, <laughs> we, we, we're we still in the archive, so we're still good to go for a little while, but people can't hear until, to, you know, until the archive comes up. So I've got... I can set up another show. You'd have to call back in if you want to keep going, or we can do it next week. 
uh, if you want, you know. But well, if y'all, back people want week, you to I'm keep going. I mean, everybody's loving this. Too. They're telling me to tell you to start another show and to keep going. So let's do it next you. week, like you guys. Your... Let's let's keep promoting the gig. Let's do it again, yeah, let's next, do it week. again next week. I like. That. I don't know. Yeah. I think we should leave people hanging. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Part two. Tune in next week to find <laughs> so, out what happens. Leave them begging for more. Set it up for next week. We'll do it next week. All right. Sounds good. I like it. Thank you, Doug. All right, great, guys. All right, thank you. Hey, Kevin, I'm going to call you tomorrow, okay, on your side. Absolutely. That sounds good, right. dude. I appreciate okay, it, guys. guys. soon. Bye. All right, See you. Thanks for the See memories, you. guys. It's yeah, great you too, memories. buddy. Yep. Thank you. See ya. See ya. And I'm glad you didn't go into too much detail about Santa Fe. Oh, you kid, you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Hello? See you all next Tuesday. <laughs> I'll talk to you guys later, man. Great, great right, speaking up. to you and listening to you. Yeah, I'll right. care. All right. What'd you, you say, Mel? Good. I just said for you guys to take care. Oh, okay. We yep. will. <laughs> you too. Thanks. All right. Hi, everybody. This is Todd Rundgren, and you're listening to RundgrenRadio.com. You are the crown of the crown, my friend. Thank you so much for your support.